the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Farming Your Career Podcast with host Dr. Aaron L. Albert, where we explore a variety of healthcare and pharmacy related topics, including career development, healthcare IT, informatics, innovation, entrepreneurship, STEM, women's issues, and more. Farming Your Career Podcast is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron L. Albert. Welcome to Farming Your Career. I'm Erin Albert. And we are moving on to our mini-series, hashtag HowIRXRoll, which has been an inbox-crushing experience. I posted a call-out for this a week ago or so on LinkedIn, and my inbox was decimated. So I know over 15,000 of you saw the post, so many comments, so many people willing to step up and serve as part of this series. That means we're on to something really good. So thank you if you responded. This week in the second episode of the series, we really wanted to focus on somebody who was not a pharmacist, but still played in the healthcare and life sciences space. I couldn't think of anybody better than my dear friend, Kelly Hartman. Kelly has been named Indy's Best and Brightest Professional in Healthcare and Life Sciences and honored by the YWCA for being a woman of achievement. She is founder, president, and CEO of a company called Insights Consulting, and it's been named a top workplace in Indianapolis for nine years running. She's also co-founder and emeritus board member of Outside the Box, a non-for-profit. In her near 30-year career of supporting individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, she has always maintained a focus on empowering all people to be the best version of themselves. As a mentor to young professionals and a leader in her industry, she's known for her sense of humor and helping all people see things from a different perspective. Kelly is also the busy mama of two twin 14-year-old boys. In her spare time, she loves to cook, she rides her bike, and spends time on the water. So give a listen to my dear friend and someone whom I personally admire deeply, Kelly Hartman. Kelly Hartman, welcome to Farming Your Career, How I Rx Roll. Thanks for having me. I have been wanting to get you on my show forever, and I actually missed having you. You used to come into my entrepreneurship elective that I taught at Butler University. The students all fell in love with you. As soon as I shipped a student over to you, they were all in love. So I am so excited to have you here with us today. Yay, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so the question that I always start with How did you get to where you are today in your career? Hmm. Um, It was a mistake. Not a mistake. It was an it was not it was unintentional, I guess. Um, I think all of us when we are, you know, young, we think we're going to be something when we grow up. And I think there's two courses of action. One is this is what I'm going to be in a professional as a young professional will go for that door at the end of the hallway and they go hard at it and they don't consider anything else. I took the other path. Um, somebody told me to turn the basically turn the light on in the hallway and there were doors on each side and I peeked in every door and my, my drive was to be in, um, 
pediatric inpatient psychiatry. Now, that is not where I'm. That's not where I'm at. And I'm a non-pharmacist, so this is probably confusing people to this to this point. But what ended up happening is. I started out actually as an English degree and then ended up going to graduate school. And the cool thing that ended up happening was I worked somewhere in a group home for people with intellectual disabilities because I thought it would look good on my resume. I did that while I continued to pursue the dream of psychiatric support for adolescents. Two weeks before I was to leave for Atlanta, Georgia to pursue my dream, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so I stayed where I was and I think I ended up where I am because I had amazing mentors who taught me how to listen and taught me to be where I'm at in the moment. And so where I thought I was going is not where I ended up, but where I am is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Awesome. If that makes sense. That's how I got here. It does. So let's unpack where you are today. Oh, where am I? (laughs) Um, Well, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I own a company called Insights Consulting. And it is not what it sounds like. I'm not a consultant, really. Um, We provide supports for people who live in the community who happen to have intellectual or developmental disabilities. We serve about 1,000 people across 47 counties in Indiana. Um, And in combination with that, I also co-founded a not-for-profit called Outside the Box that is providing supports for an additional 350 individuals with intellectual and developmental challenges um, in a not-for-profit setting. So mostly in Indianapolis um, is where our office is, but we provide services in much of the state. So the reason I wanted you on this mini-series, How I Rx Roll, is that it's about not so much what you do, but how you do it. And I've always marveled at your rock star and abilities to get things done. So I really want to unpack a lot of this with you today. So let's start with your typical work day. Can you kind of describe it from a functional perspective? Is rock starian a word? I just made That's it awesome. one. It's official now. It. It's on the books. Very cool. Um, I would say the thing about my work day is I'm not sure I've ever had two days in 29 years that were the same. Um, that's probably also what keeps me sane because I like to have a lot going on, which is why it looks like I'm a rock star. Um, the funniest thing is I appear to be doing a whole bunch of things, but one of the gifts that I have learned to use is to say no. So I actually do a pretty good job of building a, a fence around what I'm trying to accomplish so that I can refuel and I can unpack and and be away from work and I've become kind of a master of shutting that down. Okay. And um, who helps you who helps you get those things done that you do say yes to? What does your team look like? Wow. Um, so my corporation Insights has been around for 20 years and 22 years actually. Um, I have a director's team with me and five other women that work for me who are really amazing humans and really awesome at what they do. And I have a pretty badass assistant that that's good at helping me do the task management of stuff that really should not be done by me. Okay. Um, I think the thing that's difficult is what I do at insights and what I do in my profession here in this, this space is I, 
is accomplished by a group effort and probably um, were able to accomplish a lot because of my leadership style. But I do a lot of things outside of this as well. And I think having a strong team here allows me that space to do things outside of insights, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what is your style? Like if you had to boil it down to one word, what would that be? Passionate. Um, I think it's to explain on explain that better. Um, if I had a, a hashtag, for example, in fact, I have this tattoo on my body um, it is to empower. And I think the really cool thing about my life and about my work is that I get excited every single day about changing people's lives. That's what I believe I was born to do. And I'm lucky enough to have built a business that that is one of the outcomes of what we do. But I also feel that way about my employees. I feel that way about people who work at other businesses. I feel like that about the whole world, about my kids. So, you know, everything I do kind of goes back to my personal, personal mission statement, which is I want to change people's lives. And I think that that fuels almost every single moment that I'm awake and some of the moments I'm asleep probably. So let's unpack the kind of technical aspects of your work. Are you, are you a Mac or a PC gal? I'm a PC gal, not by choice. Um, once you have 400 employees and, um, the complexities that we have, we're all PC people because that's the system that we chose a long time ago. Um, I'm a PC person. I'm very, uh, unfortunately tied to my iPhone and Apple watch and my surface pro, um, because I'm constantly like finding an extra 15 minutes in Starbucks or trying to get through a meeting and, and making sure that I'm not missing anything. Um, but to unpack like what a technically what my day might look like, um, I start early because no one else does. And I can get more done from 730 in the morning until nine than anyone else because it's uninterrupted time. That is a great asset for me is uninterrupted time. Um, so I might do for, for example, I may start in the morning at a breakfast meeting um, find 15 or 20 minutes to catch up on email and then I'll go to a school and do a behavioral assessment, come back to the office and maybe work with my assistant on, you know, tasks that we're working on for the week or the weekly plan. And then I can pop into a board meeting and then I might go back and do something else with an individual that we support. One of the things that, that I do and is important to me, um, is that I'm still very in touch, hands-on with people, um, that we actually support, which is a different way of leading than a lot of people in my industry. I'm, I'm definitely not a typical CEO that sits around all day and tells people what to do and, you know, lets every decision come from here and I'm going to rule the roost. I'm, I'm very much an empower person. Um, and even though I might know the answer to the question, I will always involve about 10 people or more to let them believe the answer is theirs. Hmm. Hope they don't listen to this because I don't want to give away my secrets. <laughs> well, that's what we're here to ask about is your secrets, your yes, hacks. my secrets. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, people, when you're in a world of trying to get things done, people are far more excited about doing things that they believe they came up with the, the answer on their own or they came up with the path to get there. And I'm always willing for people to take a little extra time to get there on their own. Because when they, when you have buy-in from your team, 
you don't have to do as much work. And that frees me up to do other things. Yeah, the classic firefighter versus pyromaniac. <laughs> I will never forget that in my course. Uh, you brought that up. Why don't you explain to our audience what that means? Oh, it's, it's one of my favorite things. You know, nobody likes to get called into the boss's office. And every once in a while, I'll have to call somebody in because... You see professionals get so stuck in the weeds and they're like, I can't get anything done. You know, I'm stuck in the weeds. I, I keep getting interrupted. And I always really seriously look at them and say, hey, if, if I were a higher power and I said, here are your two choices for a career. You get to be a firefighter or you get to be an arsonist. Which one do you want to pick? And inevitably, people always say, well, I want to be a firefighter. And I'm like, well, that's great because that's all you're doing. And they always look at me with this very odd look on their face. We, if we have the power, should want to be arsonists and not the kind that get arrested and sent in jail. <laughs> but an arsonist gets to go figure out where to set the fires. And fire equals change. Yeah. So when you get stuck in a, a mode of constantly just chasing after the smoke, you never, ever get to really affect change. And so I always use that illustration to help people understand when you get in the weeds, you've, you're just in a brush fire chasing smoke. Um, I'd rather you get out and, and figure out where the fire really needs to be started. Yeah, I love that. I will never forget that. So let's talk about your uh, technical. Let's talk about your phone when you've got that extra 15 minutes. What what apps are you on? You can't live without. They've made your life so much easier. Well, so what your audience can't really guess um, by listening to my voice is how old I am. So I'm I'm 50 in my 50s, which means I grew up with without a computer, without apps, without gadgets, any specific platforms. Um, I'm tied into what we use at work, which is the standard Microsoft Office Suite, and I use Outlook. One of the keys, I think, is to not have notifications going off all the time. I have zero notifications that I'm getting emails. Okay. Uh, or that I'm, I'm not hearing anything on text. Sometimes I'll have it on vibrate. But my emails and texts need to be able to wait until I can read them, not that they are owning my schedule. So even on my desk here at work, I don't have anything popping up saying you have a new email because I process about 420 emails a day. Um, but those 420 emails get answered when I have time to answer them. Got it. Which is usually within 24 hours. However, I can go through about 50 in the time, um, you know, in a very quick amount of time where if I sat at my computer and got owned by the email, it would take me all day to get through what people need me to do. So let's let's go back to your office. What is your desk and office setup look like? Uh, I have four monitors. Um, they have very specific purposes. My monitor to the left is my Outlook, my open email box. My two monitors in the middle are workspace that I constantly have different applications open working on, whether it's spreadsheets, PowerPoint, whatever I'm working on. And then the far right-hand monitor is my kind of stream of consciousness to-do list. Hmm. I like that. I don't think when, I've ever heard the four monitors before, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, it, people walk in, they're like, oh, what's going on in here? <laughs> I, I, my whole, my stream of consciousness is something almost like I've... Um, 
is one of the most important things that I could tell anybody about how I get stuff done. And it's really interesting. Um, I think it's just that I multitask for so long that I can't make my brain focus solely on one thing very often. Okay. Now, if I get in my mojo and got my headphones on and I can really get in my groove, but I may be in a meeting with you at breakfast and I'll be taking notes, right? But you don't know that I just thought about something I was supposed to remember from last night. So in my book of notes, I put that in a different column on the page. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I'll come back and put that on my to-do list or manage it. I do the same thing with my far right monitor is if I'm thinking about something, I'll go over there and t- type it, but then come back to task and then go deal with that stream of consciousness that's happening all the time at the end of the day. When you're the in inter- go ahead. I, I leave my desk. I can't leave at the end of the day without my desk being spotless. Mm-hmm. And I, on in the center of my desk is a little post-it note, a little square post-it note that has the top three things that I will accomplish the next time I come here. Love it. It's, it's a little crazy. I'm a little neurotic. Oh, everybody has a different style. Let's go back to your meetings. You, you were saying you take notes. How do you do that? I'm old school. I, I find, and, and you have to understand too, I'm a mom of 14 year old twins. And so I see how people are growing up now and they're not as connected with one another. Um, I am still somebody who has a great, great appreciation for a relationship where I can see your face, um, where you have my attention and I'm in your moment and you deserve that because you asked me to listen to you. Um, so I never, ever use a computer or I never have my laptop or my phone out when I'm meeting with somebody face to face. Um, I carry little journals around. I have one in my purse at all times and I actually have two different colored journals. I have one that's burgundy. That's for all of my work stuff. Um, so any meeting that I have, I sit down and handwrite notes. I have different colored pens. So if I go back to that page, for example, if I'm meeting with my assistant, I'll put the date in our notes that I handwrite. The next time I meet with her, I'll use a different color pen, mark off what we didn't do from the last meeting. And it's just this ongoing kind of dialogue. But then I have it in writing and I, ha- I can keep track of what we're accomplishing. Then I have another one that's non-work things because I like to do, um, I'm involved with a lot of philanthropic things um, that I like to do outside of work. And so that's in a different book. Hmm. Interesting. So I thought everybody did it this way, Erin. <laughs> that's exactly why we're doing this series, Kelly, so we can unpack all this. Um, okay. So what is your, what do you think your best life or work hack or shortcut might be? Um... I think one of the things that I did not do well for a very long time um, and have recently done is that not being that piece of me that's not going to sit and be owned by every email that comes in, where I force myself to do my job and go back to those messages periodically as opposed to constantly sitting there, um, you know, shutting down the notifications and allowing what I pick based on my personal mission to be the priority to actually be the priority. And I think that's the thing. While that helps me prioritize, the big picture is I know what every minute 
of my time is worth. And when I'm doing something, if it's frustrating me or it seems stupid, um, I many times will go back and be like, is this worth this amount to my company? And if, if it is, then I stay in it. If it is not, someone else should be doing it. Um, I think that really, really helps a lot with keeping me focused on what the real mission is. If my mission in all things is to change lives and I'm doing something that doesn't go with that mission or it's not worth my time, doesn't mean it's not important overall. It just means that I shouldn't be doing it and then I can delegate it. And I think that's probably the greatest hack. Now, I learned that pretty early on. Um, so I, I think that would probably be it. Can you take us through an unusual or eccentric work process that you use regularly? Maybe it's your two notebooks. I don't know. I think um, I do think it's that whole stream of consciousness. I used to shame myself because I'd be sitting in a meeting with somebody talking about, let's say, therapeutic supports here that we provide and I would shame myself because uh, you know we all have those people that you sit and you're like oh squirrel and they look out the window and they go on 42 different you know directions with the conversation I used to shame myself for having thoughts outside of where I should be and when I learned how to deal with the fact and saw that as a strength um, a strength that I could stay in a moment and manage the information that was coming through my head then it turned into something that really, really worked for me. Um, and you know me, Erin, a lot of people that are listening to this certainly don't, but I think probably my biggest life hack is knowing that um, you get what you expect and oftentimes the reality is the way that you perceive it. You know, so something that I might shame myself for could possibly be a strength if I saw it differently or if I learned how to honor it as opposed to rejecting it. And I think people beat up, beat themselves up a lot for things that are actually glorious assets that they haven't figured out how to manage. So you turn your mean girl in inner dialectic into a strength, actually, I think through that, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. And what, you know, it, it really reframes pretty much everything I do. Um, my perception, I had a boss several years ago who said to me, and it, oh God, it made me so mad. She would say to me, you know, my perception is your reality. Now as a young professional, I was really snarky. Well, I might still be snarky as an old professional, but <laughs> um, I mean, I just wanted to punch her in the throat when she said that. And the truth of the matter is, she was one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. Um, it is true. If you think about like my relationship with you, you perceive me based on our experience. I may not really be rock starian, as you call me. <laughs> um, but if you believe that, then that's my reality. Somebody else who has a relationship with me may not believe that about me. They might believe something else. And so let's say they believe that I'm kind of a jerk. Well, that's part of my reality is that somebody thinks I'm a jerk. Now, I'm not saying you respond to what everybody believes about you. But the lesson that I took from that in my life is that the way that I see things is pretty powerful. And what's really cool about what I do for a living working with folks with intellectual and developmental disabilities is that the first question I ask people is, 
what's the most amazing thing about you? And I learned from asking people a question that had really never been asked of them in their life, that that's also the question I should ask in interviews of my employees. I should be asking that of my coworkers. I should be asking that of my kids, because if we all want to be better and we want to be stronger, we have to perceive that we're better and stronger. And so you have to use strengths to identify that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Strengths Finder. Oh, yeah, that's what we use for our teams here. Um, we're actually bringing in a consultant potentially for the next two years who does everything based on um, the seven principles and Strengths Finder. And I'm super excited about it. That is cool. Oh, I'm so excited. So how do you keep track of everything? You, you said you've got the stream of consciousness monitor, the fourth monitor. Are there yes. other ways that you're you're um, managing that strength? So I have um, always my yellow lined piece of paper. I have a, a, a pad that has my master to do list on it. OK, so it's broken into three columns. It says business, personal and project. You know, because there's always those things you wish you were doing. So that goes on the project list. Those aren't projects that I have to do. Those are projects I wish I could do. Um, if it's something I have to do, it's either in the business column or the personal column. And I keep that running. I, um, If I go at the end of the day through my stream of consciousness and something hasn't been resolved, it goes in one of those columns. And then I start fresh the next day. I always want to end my day very succinctly I don't like to let it bleed over and like oh I'll remember that later or I'll do that tonight at home mm. uh, person place thing is really important to me um, I have 14 year old twin boys I was really incredibly blessed by parents who were very present in my life no matter what I was doing and I want to be that for my kids so when I go to a basketball game I go to a basketball game. I'm not looking at my phone or, or typing emails on the side. I am being a basketball mom. Hmm. So I like to wrap everything up at the end of the day and start fresh the next day. How do you know when you're burned out? Because we all have our moments. <laughs> uh, how do I know when I'm not burned out? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's pick that. No, um, actually, it's a great question. And um, this is going to sound interesting. And so I know that part of my mission in life to change lives is to also, I really don't like to have regrets. And the only time I start feeling regretful is when I'm burned out. Um, you know, when I'll be, and I'll be like, man, damn it. I shouldn't have made that meeting or I shouldn't have planned to work Friday afternoon. And when I start regretting, things that I've scheduled or things that I've done or things that I've said, it goes right in line with the bags under my eyes. It's time to like take a break. And really that is the best indication because I live so strong towards not having regrets that when I start feeling that way, it's time for me to, to shut it down. So that's your signal. How do you then plug the battery back in for a recharge? So I think anybody who knows me at all would say I have a reputation of working really hard and playing really hard. So as hard as I work to have time away, I play really hard when I'm away. Um, my favorite things to do are to 
actually just be with my kids. Um, they make me laugh so hard that it's just, it does really fuel me to be with my kids. And I know a lot of parents don't feel that way about their teenage boys, but I do. I'm sure they'll turn, you know, grow horns and torment me later. But right now we're having a great time. I love to be on the beach. I love to be anywhere close to water. And I really like to read, but I don't read work-related things when I'm trying to recharge. Hmm. Do you have a favorite genre that you read for fun? Hmm. Um, I mostly, I like uh, Patricia Cornwell series. Okay. Uh, I like that. And I've recently just been letting my uh, director of finance, she reads like probably 90 books a year. Mm. And I just let her tell me what I'm supposed to read next. Hmm. That's a nice hack <laughs> to have another reader it's in your cool. life. I was like, so what should I read now? Because she knows me really well. We've worked together for a really long time. So I don't have to um, worry about whether I'm going to like it or not. Hmm. Um, I just read Educated. Okay. Uh, which is sort of a memoir. Um, really, really incredibly good book. Um, and I and I could totally just go away from everything when I was reading that. It was a lot of it was great character development and a great story. So um, I enjoyed that very much. And while we're on the subject, are you a, a podcast listener at all? And if so, which podcast are you listening to? <laughs> um, the reason I laugh is because when I think of people listening to things electronically, I it's almost I shudder because my kids listen to every single thing that you could possibly listen to. Now, I never did that when I was 14 because we didn't even have computers yet. But um, it is interesting how much content is out there. So I don't tend to follow any specific podcast. But when I'm looking for content on something, I mean, I love TED Talks. I listen to some podcasts, but I couldn't tell you who they are because I go after specific content if I'm looking for it. Um, someone I would listen to nearly anything he said is Simon Sinek. Mm. Um I use so much of his stuff with leadership development and really helping people understand behavior, which is part of my professional job, right? As a behavioral consultant, helping people understand how the, really how neuropsychology overlays with leadership and changing people's behavior. So I think he's pretty genius. Yeah, he's the why guy. Ask why five times. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't take it to that degree. What I love about what he says is... And it, it's so true when you think about it. It's like people really buy into why you do something, not what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think about that, you know, the, the most passionate people I know are the people who I believe are rock stars or rock starian, as you would call them. <laughs> you love um, that. <laughs> they, get, they get the why. They understand it. They can explain to you why they're doing it. It has nothing to do with the outcome. It's why they're doing it. And I think that's really powerful. So can you describe a recent kind of out of work side project or passion project? You mentioned you do a lot of philanthropic things. So is there one that you're just completely madly, deeply in love with right now? Yes, there is. And it, you know, um, outside the box is the not-for-profit that I co-founded. I certainly don't work there every day. Um, and I'm just on the board. I don't, I don't work, work there like a job, but we are doing this really cool expansion into a second location in a county that is a very high socioeconomic status county. So no one would do this because there's no way it'll work. Um, and so 
but the county really, really needs our services. Medicaid won't pay for it. You can't bill people above and beyond the Medicaid rates. There's a lot of intricate challenges to why this should not work. But what we've done is reframed it as a social impact project, and we are developing a business model that really is intended to educate society on the amazingness of all people, not just people with disabilities, but that everybody has value. And it's turned into this like beautiful, beautiful thing that people are super excited about. Um, And so I'm just, I can't get enough of it because I realize that people aren't afraid of people that don't have the same label they do. And really we're in a time in our world where there's so many different labels. But, you know, the whole disability world is is different because people just aren't quite sure sometimes how to deal with folks with disabilities. And this project is super exciting. Um, it's called Evolve, and it's a project that we're expanding into Fishers, Indiana, here in Central, right right outside of Indianapolis. And we both happen to live there. Whoop, whoop. We do happen to live there. Yes. And as you all know, as I do, Fishers is it's a growing, not philanthropically. So the fact that we get to get in there and do some really cool things with the community before philanthropic efforts are really a priority is super, super cool. So the next to last question, who else living would you love to hear these questions asked of? (laughs) I mean, this is the lamest answer ever, um, but it is really what I think of first. And that is, um, I would like to know what Oprah, how Oprah would answer these questions. Hmm. And the reason I say that, because you're probably like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, you were agreeing with me. That was a dumb no, question. No, 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 no. It's never dumb. Nope. Well, so I think that Oprah, well, I think she's a lot more successful than me, but she also is somebody, I think she really does want to change the world and change the way people see things. And I just don't think you can do that well unless you have some amazingness to how you manage your tasks and how you manage your time, even how, and I'm sure she has a great support staff, but you can have all the people around you in the world. If you're not a great teacher of what you need, you're not going to get them to do what you need them to do. So I just think it'd be really interesting to hear what she has to say because I, I like her mojo. Well, Ashley Clevens-Hayes, who was our first guest on this mini-series, suggested Brene Brown, too. So I love that the two of you, you know, are setting a really low bar for me to go ask these ladies. (laughs) Yeah, well. All right. Well, with that, Kelly Hartman, where can people find you online and off? Oh, wow. It's hard to catch me off because I'm running so quickly around being a rock star, but. (laughs) Uh, Rock star learn about me and what's going on at insights consulting at www.insightsonline.net and same with outside the box what we're doing there Uh, you can't read anything about the new project because it's still in its stages of infancy Um, but a great not-for-profit here in central indiana can be found at otbonline.org well with that kelly hartman i finally got you on my show i am pumped you're so sweet. Thank you. I'm humbled and, and super excited uh, to help you do anything that you're doing as a rock star yourself. Thank you. And I'm about to head to uh, an electronic store for a couple more monitors. <laughs> <laughs> you should, for sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Farming Your Career. I'm Erin Albert. 
If you're traveling to Anaheim next week for ASHP's Mid-Year 2018 and you're in the exhibit hall, please stop by booth 2012, where I'll be representing the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists, along with our CEO, Chad Wurz, and Senior Director of Communications and Marketing, Christine Polite. I'm really looking forward to this. It's actually technically my first mid-year. I know we've talked about mid-year on the podcast before, but this is my first live time being there. So stop by and tell me what else I should see and look forward to. If you're traveling to Anaheim, safe travels. And until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Farming Your Career podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you have ideas or comments for Erin, be sure to contact her through Twitter. Follow her at Erin L. Albert. And remember to keep your career growing. Thank you.